Work and life harmony. It's not only about work-life balance. I think that's what everybody thinks when I mention that. It's part of it, but it's also about harmony within yourself, harmony in your career, and doing the things that you love. And then it's also about creating harmony in the workplace between coworkers and leaders and leaders being able to create harmony. And ultimately, it's about creating harmony that goes out into the world. Hello, Coach Kim Betty with another episode of Work and Life Harmony Podcast. And today I am just oozing with gratitude to share with each of you one of my very best friends, Cherie Collins. Uh, she's been a dear friend since second grade. And today we're going to have her talk about being up close and personal with your brand. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cherie, and then she's going to be joining us in just a moment. Cherie Collins is the Director of Sales and Marketing of Public Speaking at The Shark Group, founded by Damon John, the founder of FUBU, and the star of Shark Tank on ABC. Her career in marketing, communications, and sales has spanned over 20 years, and it is fueled by her enterprising spirit and strategic visioning. Cherie stepped out on faith, resigning from a position as Director of Marketing Communications and Sales Training at a major health insurer after 15 years, leaving behind the security of a six-figure salary to live a life of purpose. She moved to New York City in 2010 with only $1,000 in her purse, one client, and a dream. And that's why Cherie and I like to say, she, what you do, you often call personal branding. We want to start with what that even means and when we combine the coach and life coaching with it we often say very personal branding because mm-hmm. i love that you're talking about it from your perspective of course and also about how it prevents you know you being unhealthy and burnout as you know we all are working on things so i appreciate it um, the opportunity to be able to come on, but also I'm at a different place also. So some of that terms of, you know, focusing on my uh, stress and anxiety and physical wellness, yeah. I'm on the other side, I'm creating new habits. I feel great. Right. And so I feel like, um, you know, we understand, I fully understand, you know, I'm dealing with a whole lot of stuff too. Yeah. So how do we navigate that? Uh, and some aha moments about myself that contribute to uh, that uh, lack of focus on ourselves yeah. um, and, and, and what comes out of it, even amongst all the challenges that we have around us in this world, um, it's really important because you're no good to anybody, mm. you know, until you get this together. Well, first of all, tell us what personal branding is from your perspective. I read your bio, but tell us a little bit about what you're up to in your work and your hustle and then what personal branding is. Let's start there. Well, you know, I'm the director of sales and marketing for uh, the Shark Group, which is uh, Damon John is our CEO, who is the co-star of Shark Tank. Uh, We call him the People Shark. Um, It has been a wonderful opportunity. I've been there for 10 years, started out as the uh, oldest intern in the world. 
after moving to New York with $1,000 in my purse, one client and a dream. Like I always say, I like to tell people the story of why it's so important to know what your personal brand is and your vision for your life, right? And so part of that for me was when I was ready, when I met Damon, I had, you always, sometimes when you meet someone that could change your life, you have like five minutes. You might, you might not have five minutes. It's called an elevator pitch for a reason. You might have just an elevator ride. Right. So after, you know, meeting him at the National Black MBA conference and all that in 2011, I think um, I had he was done doing press and everything. And I had to walk him to the car, to the building and, you know, the doorway out the building. And, you know, you got a man like that. You ask him a question. Right. I had five minutes, five seconds, a walk. Well, right. what, 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 where were you? It was the MBA what? Remind us. The National Black MBA Conference okay. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia in 2011. And you were a volunteer That's MBA, there. Masters of Business Administration. Yeah. I was a volunteer, but because um, I had worked with celebrities before, uh, the woman that was handling the uh, registration and, and, and uh, membership you know, the relationship and guest services stuff, uh, thought that I would be a good person to handle the VIP con- the VIP speakers okay. like Damon, Laz Alonzo, um, Roland Martin, um, and others. Uh, but the one I found out of was always Biz Marquis. Like I was literally, uh-huh. God rest his soul. Uh, Biz Marquis was the only one I was by his DJ stand, fanning out, dancing like I was That's a groupie. Funny. All right. And when he called me at two o'clock in the morning, wanting to know where he could get some chicken, I was up, ready, and got him to where he had to go. Okay. But um, so anyway, I um, met Damon and I had to walk him to the door. And I said, you know, um, everybody's asking you questions and I haven't. And he said, sure. I said, do you have time? He said, sure. I said, well, real quick, I'm a stylist with an MBA. I came to New York to be a writer. I've applied to Vogue, Elle, and even Oprah Winfrey's fashion department. And they just want somebody that went to FIT. They don't seem to get me. Isn't it all about branding anyway? Isn't that what they want? And he was like, anybody can call themselves a stylist. You're not a stylist. You are a brand architect. And for the first time, I realized I could marry those two things, my love of fashion and style and my love of marketing and sales and PR and stuff like that, right? Um, And what has evolved in over the years was unpacking the definition of what style is. Mm. Style you instantly think about what we're wearing. We are fabulous in our animal prints today that we did not even collaborate on. We're just fabulous that way. But um, the fashion doesn't really come into the definition of the word style until like the third or the fourth entry. Before that, it's about a particular way of doing something, a particular way that something is made. That widens it up. And instantly I started thinking about Psalm 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made a marvelous work of God. And one of the translations will say, do you not know it, right? Do we know our gifts, talents, and abilities that make us a unique human being in this world? And I set out on a mission to say, let's unpack that. Let me help people understand. For some reason, when I meet somebody, stuff like that illuminates about them Mm -hmm. to me. 
And so I've devised, and as a result of, you know, working on that and, and, and talking about that, I was asked to present at Damon John's training program mm-hmm. and be the personal branding expert because people like him will say, sure, define yourself in three to five words. And all I remember was people in the audience is going, I don't even know what my three to five words are. But the point is, what is the story? So a good example, and I use that example of Damon, because if I had not known my story, I wouldn't have been able to tell him in two seconds, this is who I am. And what do you think? What's the most fascinating thing about you? I thought it was, I was the youngest, first black director of marketing communications and sales training at Blue Cross. What's the story other people tell about you? What they talk about me, I looked at it as a failure coming here with no money, right? And working at Lane Bryan for $8 an hour and temping and being the oldest intern in the world. I did not look at that as fascinating in any way, stretch of the imagination. But it wasn't until I started listening and asking people, you know, what's the story they told? They told that story. And I, you did, you know, keep that to your chest for a long time, but now she mm-hmm. boldly has opportunities to share that. And it is super fascinating. Remember Ayanna Van Zandt and Oprah did a piece on her and I always talk about that. Mm-hmm. And she was broke and poor and raggedy and I mean, I'm sure it was exaggerating, but it looked like she was walking through the alley, picking stuff. I mean, it was a really bad scene. Oprah's point was, watch me work. I'm getting ready to give her her own show and help her be fascinating. But I felt like at that moment, I didn't need to see that about her. It made my stomach hurt. Still makes my stomach hurt to see it. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I mean, I guess it depends. Remember when the guy was homeless and he was on the side of the road and they helped him get his voice and become mm-hmm. a radio announcer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that was inspiring, but sometimes watching people once again fall isn't as inspiring. That is almost too personal. So where do you think the line is? Like, what do, do we show the raggedy house like people do sometimes now? Do you show, you know, where is the thin line between I, I have $1,000 in my pocket, my house yeah. is a mess, me and my husband are breaking up, I'm having mm-hmm. a meltdown and doing it publicly today's world think about it there's so much hardship there's so much pivoting that is required there's so much loss so back then 10 years ago it might have been a little challenging right it might not you might not want to say all of that but today it is that people are looking for inspiration and they need to see uh one of the things that's so powerful about damon john is that his story is relatable because he talks about it and it helps people relate and they say "Ooh, if he could do it I could do it too. It unpacks that, oh my God, this is what I need to do to be successful, right? Now, you said, what do you say and what you don't say? You say the stuff that helps build your brand, but the other stuff that don't, don't talk about because it's nothing, you know. It's, it's. I feel like, um, for example, if um, I'm a brand stylist and I had trying to give a good example. Um, I had addiction issues, right? I was addicted to something. If I felt it supported my brand to help other people be able to do that, then I would share it. How do you make a great first impression today? How do you feel when you're getting ready to meet with a company or an organization, a person, and uh, you look for them on this? 
and you can't find anything, no social media, no website or whatever. Frustrated, they got something to hide. They're behind the times. So I submit. Our world today is information driven. So if you do not control the narrative of who you are, you can either miss an opportunity or allow other people to be able to define who you are based on what they find. One of the two wonderful places of transition are one, when somebody is um, going from college to the workforce, right? So there's, I love, I have a session that I do called personal branding for the grownish. The other lovely transition is people like you and me, who, you know, our age group, they may not have social media. They may not know not to have a camera up the nose like this. They may not know how to you know, engage with social media in a intentional way that will help their careers uh, because they wanna stay off of it. So they're only grownish with regard to this new thing that we have to promote ourselves and manage on um, as well. The, when you were speaking about, you know, how transparent do you get to be? Um, the nature of social media is that transparency. So you have to navigate it and do what is comfortable for you. I'm doing stuff like, I love to dance. You know this. I didn't understand how come I never danced. And people that I love, like June Ambrose, she dances all the time. And I'm like, why am I not doing that? So I started doing it. But each and every time I'm doing it, Kim, I am nervous. I'm like, I'm looking at it like, oh. wow. And But the other thing I did yesterday, I had on a red dress but I kept my slippers on. Why? Because I am at home. The reality is, is intentional. I was being wow. intentional and, 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 and relatable to the extent that I am dressed. However, down here, I got my slippers. So you have to just find what is it that you're comfortable. I am not comfortable um, like June has a great figure and I don't even care if I was super in shape, I would not be in my bra and panties putting on clothes. I would never do it. That's not what I'm comfortable with, but I was comfortable having my slippers on. I am comfortable showing you what I'm going to put on. I may be comfortable showing you, um, you know, how I snatch in my waist so I don't look overweight, you know, more, you know, bigger than I am or whatever, those kinds of things. And I, I don't have anything against anyone that does, but for me, right. I'm not comfortable. Sometimes, you know, this is my pet peeve. Sometimes we have to make sure that we are healed enough to go out into the world, because if we don't, then we feel like I'm so mad at what's going on. So I'm going to put this up to, because I'm mad. And it's not because we thought everything through. I want to talk about Cynthia Nixon, because I don't think you knew this. And this is part of our bitty because, mm -hmm. you know, we always talk about sex in the city and the sex in the city reboot. Mm -hmm. And just like that. I feel like I should put my glasses on now. Well, it may have been many reasons, but it was sex in the city's lesbian star, Cynthia Nixon, only agreed to return for woke reboot which covers Miranda's LGBT sexual awakening mm -hmm. if they made it more diverse after revealing her own daughter is transgender she also prays that and just like that has a new cast of non-white and gender diverse characters now Cynthia is a producer of the show right and if she did not allow this or demand it 
it would have been tone deaf to the time of today and a, a real hypocritical moment for her. When she left the show, she got divorced. She came out and married a woman. Oh, so in real life new kind of erupting yeah okay this, so this is, is her, her life she's telling her story life. yes and so it's like you know if she didn't say anything she would look like a real hypocrite this is so interesting to me i'll share this with you as well because if you haven't mm -hmm. been watching it you might not know mm -hmm. that rance nix is one of the characters he's one of the sons in the kings of napa the black family that mm -hmm. owns the the uh, vineyard and mm -hmm. he's a little person. So to me, he really encapsulates everything that we're talking about on this personal branding um, and your personal style and be being very I personal. Can't wait. Okay. And here's his bio, just the very last part of it. Mm -hmm. Rance knows that he definitely stands out. He also knows that he has something special to offer the world and he's never afraid to hit the streets and make moves on his own. There is no other cool, confident African-American actor and entertainment personality like Rance Nix. Ultimately, he desires to use his uniqueness to positively impact every person that encounters him and his work for the glory of God. So tell us about you, the Kirby stylist, and how we can reach you in your amazing new blog that you are rebranding or, or relaunching, reboot. I should say. Reboot. reboot. The reboot. It's just like that. It's, and just like that, I am rebooting the Kirby stylist. Um, and so that's why I'm excited. If it is now more than ever, is it important for you to have a personal brand online and make it work? For you, but I will be able to help you figure out how do you personify your brand. So thank, thank you, you for taking time out if you're writing um, to uh, be with all of us today. More to come from my BFF, Cherie Collins, the Curvy Stylist, the Curvy Stylist, at the, the Curvy Cop. Stylist is how they can find find you on social media, yep. thecurvystylist.com on mm -hmm. online. Yep. Thank you. This was great.